Hello and welcome back to the Littlest Petcast. I am your host James and today we are going over the episode Room Enough. But before we get to that, I do want... I, I know I keep apologizing for all of these delays, but delays happen, I guess. It's it's just one of those things like I, like this delay is just cuz i'm moving again and uh i have to do that and prepare for that so you you all understand right so also because of this uh there's a break between when i uh in the middle of my note taking so if the later half seems more clear than the beginning half, that's why. So, with that said, let's get it going. So, we begin in Blythe's apartment, in Blythe's room. Blythe is finishing cleaning up her room, which also means putting her stuffed animals on her bed. She's about to get ready to go down when she spots a loose stuffed animal... And uh, she picks it up, finds out it's a teddy bear, apologizes to it, and gives it a hug. Roger Knox comes in with something for Blythe and says, You've got mail! Blythe responds, I don't get that. To which Roger just says, That's just sad. <laughs> uh, uh, I I love that joke. Because <laughs> like, that, that is a joke meant for someone of my generation and older like it's it really is just kind of like <laughs> i just find it hilarious because it's like uh it it was so iconic but then like like it doesn't apply to today whatsoever or whenever this episode came out but like oh it was everywhere it's so Oh god, I don't I love it. So Blythe is excited because it's the annual cool bedrooms edition of her favorite teen magazine. So uh I was a little mad that they didn't uh actually parody a teen magazine, but when I was looking up teen magazines, there are a lot of teen magazines. And so, like, if you said, um, I don't, I don't know, Voog, or Teen Voog, rather, like, like, I don't think anyone could have agreed on something that was good, it's, like, I mean, they, they, is there not a Teen Treblase, or, is this not Treblase anyway? It's a teen magazine. I don't know. The whole magazine thing is confusing. But Roger uh, looks around and says he could spend hours in this cute room of yours. Oh, wait, I have. Before leaving. And Blythe is admiring the sleek designs in her magazine and comparing her room to it. Her room has frills, curly cues, and stuffed animals, while the magazine room does not. She decides LPS can wait and is off to redesign her room. How 
often does that thought come through your head, Blythe? Because, like, it, it seems you work at LPS, but sometimes you don't. Or you do, and you're off doing something... Not work, but getting paid because you're on the job. It's... It, it's the whole quid pro quo thing, I guess. So... Uh, Blythe is using, like, a, like a power drill to take off the decorations at the end of her bed, apparently called a curly cue or curly cues. I don't know. That's, uh, that's a new one on me. So she also says that this bedding needs to go. And she says that she will use what she has to make this room look better than any of the ones in the magazine. So... Down at work, where Blythe is probably supposed to be, but I don't think anyone cares that much. I don't think Mrs. Twombly cares that much. I don't know who. I don't know who cares about if Blythe shows up. Like, I mean, the pets do, but that's because they're friends, and this isn't that much of a job to them. It's. The, uh, the whole career thing is confusing with this show. So, Mrs. Tomley introduces the pets to today's day camper, a lovable kitten named Meow Meow. And uh, she says that there'll be no trouble at all. <laughs> Anyway, Russell welcomes Meow Meow, and Sunil says that if you have a request, we will accommodate. Meow Meow asks why, and they say that no one has asked that before. Meow Meow asks why again. Russell isn't too sure, and Meow Meow just keeps asking why. And Pepper says, it's gonna be one of those days. (laughs) So, Blythe is crumbling up a piece of paper and saying that she can't think of anything like its last episode. So she decides that since she can't think of anything, she'll go to work like she's supposed to. However, she drops a pair of red sunglasses and gets inspired. She pops the glasses part out and leaves the frame, and with some red fabric, she traces the front of the glasses and leaves the mask-like pattern on her sheets And she's off to a great start. This is kind of continuing the P5 motif of her being a phantom Santa. And I kind of like that. Like, it was was a joke on my part, 100% sure. But I kind of like how, like, this, like, how things worked out where, like, like th- that i like it's 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 so coincidental but i love it all the same so she continues by working on her chair and finding some old elastic bands and she makes her chair into a bouncy chair so back at the pet shop zoe is trying on outfits and asks meow meow for his opinions meow meow asks why And Zoe explains as far as she can about fashion and what she knows about it before passing him off to Pepper. 
Pepper is offended because Zoe said he was on her level. And Pepper tries a chicken joke, which was, uh, why did the rubber chicken cross the road? Uh, to No, cross the playground, and it was to get to the other slide. So, uh, and it seems like Meow Meow, uh, like, his asking of why helped at the, you know, setup when it was just a question. But when he doesn't laugh, Pepper gets frustrated. So Pepper tries a golf joke, which is like the classic golf joke of why did I bring two pair of fans for golf in case I get a hole in one. It's it's a classic. So and Meow Meow doesn't laugh at that either. She gives up and says that you need some life experience to appreciate comedy. So Vinny wants to show off his dance moves, but when asked why, Vinny has no idea and collapses under the weight of the world and asks for Blythe. Russell agrees that they need Blythe, but they don't know where she is. Minka notices that the dumbwaiter isn't down, and all of the pets exclaimed why <laughs> like like i'm okay so so does it is this why mrs tomley doesn't care about if or when blythe gets in because she uses the dumbwaiter instead of coming through the door like like the dumbwaiter isn't entirely safe it's not safe <laughs> And yet she uses it. I mean, cars aren't the safest thing, but we still use them, so I kind of get that argument. I don't know. It's uh, it's peculiar. So it's like, to Mrs. Tromley, it's, it's good if she comes down, and it's also good if she doesn't come down. Because if she comes down and fails, I could get sued to heckin' back. so the pets are upset because they haven't seen Blythe and Meow Meow of course asks why and Penny says that Blythe is their special friend who is also the only human that can talk and understand us Meow Meow asks why and the pets can't think of an answer and say that it is a good question. Zoe thinks that it's because of Blythe's giant head, which Sunil agrees with. When asked why Blythe has a giant head, or just why, uh, they all shrug and go like, I don't, I don't know why she has a big head, but, you know. So Vinny then announces, I might not be the smartest one here. That's all I wanted to say. So Russell wants to think about this some more. And I guess so do the rest of the pets. Meanwhile, Blythe is upstairs looking at what she's done already. Then replaces her lampshade with a different lampshade. This is before the break. So, And then says she can't fix up her white dresser. And then goes to head down. Except she thinks to paint it black. And does it. So... Meanwhile, the pets are sitting around and start discussing why Blythe can talk to animals. Minka throws out her idea, which is, Blythe was raised by monkeys and other simians or 
gorillas or, you know, close-ish relatives to humans. So, she learned how to swing and climb before she learned how to walk. She got her sunny disposition from chimps. And this is also where Blythe picked up her design sense because, you know, Minka is an artist and, you know, it's a it's a common train among, you know, monkeys and since Minka is a monkey, like, she would agree to the notion that Blythe's good art skills and her good art skills are cut from the same cloth, essentially. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where she picked that up. And then she learned animal speak, which is the same across animals, I guess. Okay, yeah, like, like, I'm, I'm still a bit burned by very little as pet shop so the animals all having the same language was a little more believable when there weren't hard rules there are hard rules now it it's not unbelievable i mean i guess it makes sense it, it's uh, it's just one of those weird things where, like, like if you establish, like, animals talk in different human languages, why why do animals not like talk in different animal languages? Like, I, I'm sure, like, like a duck isn't going to talk about the same things as a um you know monkey i would think like because like that that's what language is language is a means of communicating like ideas necessary to living i guess because i'm this is a bit technical but like that that's kind of why a universal language doesn't work cuz like depending on where you live in the world you're going to need different things out of you know life depending and something that exists in one section of the world might not exist in the same function as another part of the world but then like I mean, is it just, like, like, an ability? Like, did it just, did the ability to speak to animals evolve out of humans? I am really getting into this. Because, like, if, like, the animal thing is a whole collective, and they're actually talking to each other because of this thing, and... Not talking to animals is the price to pay to being human. That I can understand, actually. That that makes that make sense. Oh boy. So back to Minka's explanation. So 
She learned animal speak from the various animals. And she picked up human speech by being human and it coming second nature to her. So one day she was captured and brought to a zoo where the zoo got into hot water for putting a small human on display. So they freed her and she got adopted by a pilot who studied zoology in his spare time. Maybe I don't I don't know if Roger would study zoo no. Well, no, I guess I guess you need some form of zoological knowledge in order to get a grasp on uh, cryptozoology. And Roger is an avid Bigfoot hunter, so there's that. So uh, Minka finishes that he needed a daughter because he couldn't stop buying stuffed animals and dollhouses and quote-unquote people were starting to talk. Russell says that that is an interesting theory, and Minka says thanks. So this is where the significant break takes place between note-taking sessions. And, uh, like, before we continue with the rest of the episode, I just want to say, I'm not sure Roger is the type of person who, if people were talking that he would hear it like Roger seems to have a devil may care attitude about like what people who uh, like don't know him or whatever think about him because he doesn't know them he doesn't care you know it's just it's important that the people who know him love him for who he is. And they do. Even if, like, he's kind of embarrassing or wrecks something or, you know, like... I don't know. I, I just don't... I don't see Roger caring about, you know... That kind of stuff. And if he wanted to buy stuffed animals and dollhouses, he he could. Like, without shame. So, the episode. Sunil then proposes his idea for why Blythe can speak to them. So, as he knows, Blythe is using magic. And in... Many ways, Blythe is the best magician that he knows. We then see Blythe dressed as a magician with robes and a pointy hat, like uh, like Mickey and Sorcerer's Apprentice, but like not a red robe; it's a blue robe. She then pulls a rabbit out of her hat and then unleashes a bunch of carrots. And Sunil says that a magician never reveals. Their secrets. And uh, I, again, I am just kind of burned on Very Littlest Pet Shop because, like, if this kind of magic can be expected of characters in the universe, there's no reason that that episode should not be real. And it's so. 
how do I put that? Um, like, you, you already know where I stand on this, but, like, it's just this whole thing. So, anyway, Vinny thinks that he's way off. So Vinny tells his idea, and it is told through crude drawings, like a less animated version of home movies. So, like, you know home movies. It's it's a good show. And you know how it's animated. Like, it's very, like, like hand-drawn. Like, it looks like it was drawn by a five-year-old, maybe. But at least they animate it where, like, you know, stuff moves. There's lip flaps. There's, like, you know, motor controls. It's like that, but it it plays more of a puppet show. It's, it's essentially the type of thing I'm getting at. So his idea that Blythe has stuff in her brain that allows her to receive transmissions from aliens... These transmissions allow her to create fashion that humans can't grasp because it's on the cutting edge. And in her spare time, she uses her transmission skills to commune with pets for rest and relaxation from listening to aliens all day. And, I mean, even though everyone is like, that's weird? And, like... What what are you talking about? It is somewhat plausible considering that aliens do exist, but no one in the cast actually knows about it. And then, uh, to finish the scene, Meow Meow asks why. So, Blythe has finished painting her dresser and says that it did not cost a thing. So she then kicks things up a notch. She puts on some headphones, puts on some music, and redesigns her room. While she's doing that, a song plays. And it's interesting because it's coming off of Blythe's music player. I'm not sure if, like, 2014 was, like, a time when, like, most people were using their cell phones to play music at this point. Or what the state of the iPod was at that point. Like, I still had mine, I think. Like, I lost it, and then I got, like, a phone that could... Like, then I got an iPhone. But, like... I don't know, it's, uh... I don't know. It's one of those things is just a bit murky. So the the song itself is all right. It's uh it, it it's it's not sung by any member of the cast. It's just sung by like someone. So I guess my theory on like the um won't be long and uh, go unplug being actual songs in this universe might not be too far off and this is just the first time that it's hard confirmed and you know it's it's nice 
It's a nice thing. Like, the song itself is alright. It's not as good as the other two. I would say of this kind of song. Like, the singer sings it well, as always. It's just fine. Also, for later, the message of the song is that it's okay to change, and you should change. Just uh, keep that in mind for later. Just just a little later. So, Blythe is changing up a room to make it more teen magazine-y, and she does a good job at emulating the style. Uh, and when she's done, it looks sleek. Kind of reminds me of an office. Like, like an office building, just with a bed in it. And I don't know if that makes it the worst kind of teen magazine or the best teen magazine for their purposes. Because, like, if they're trying to indoctrinate teens into this, like, corporate soulless lifestyle then it works for them because you know this is just an office building enjoy living in an office building you're gonna do that for the rest of your life but if it's not that and it's just supposed to embody teen spirit then it kind of is a bad job because like teen spirit's all about resistance man and, you know, fighting the man because he won't let you go out with your friends on a Friday night. Even though, like, whatever. Except, like, I mean, I don't think Blythe has to do that because Blythe's dad is really understanding. And also not there a lot because of his job. And Blythe only has one, well, two parental figures now. But, like, Mrs. Trombley isn't always there and it's more of a work thing and Blythe's life is complicated <laughs> and doesn't speak to like the rebellious phase of teens like it like it it doesn't speak to that that like 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 uh man I don't even know where I'm going with this like like the whole rebellious nature of teens like, if you were wanting to speak to that, the magazine failed, but Blythe is not in the same boat as that. So maybe this is, like, a teen magazine for teens just trying to get by. I get... This is weird. <laughs> but, like, when you get into the semantics of Blythe's life, it gets weird. So, back at the pet shop, the pets are arguing about their competing theories. And Zoe says that uh, Vinny's idea makes no sense. And Vinny retorts with, you just don't spend as much time watching classic sci-fi movies on TV as I do. <laughs> Which is, is a pretty good line. So... The arguing continues until Penny asks everyone to stop and listen. When they don't hear anything, Penny points out that, yeah, and that's bad because Meow Meow's missing and he's not saying why all the time. So they go and look for him and Russell deduces that he couldn't have gone far because he's kind of a small guy. But Minka points to something and everyone is horrified. 
However, Minka gestures at the camera and then turns it herself to face the dumbwaiter. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of fourth wall breaks. Like, you have to get it especially right for me to enjoy it. Like, especially right. Like, this does... I'm not... Like, it's a micro-joke. It it doesn't last 30 seconds, but I, I don't... I'm not a big fan of it. Like... I mean, for the record, I'm not a big fan of, like, a lot of Deadpool's, like, fourth wall breaking either. Uh, it's just a... It's just a thing with me. Like, it's a fine enough fourth wall break joke, if that's what you like, but I'm not... I'm not partial to fourth wall breaks, if you will. It's it's a flavor of ice cream that a lot of people like, but I don't, essentially. So what happened was that Meow Meow climbed up the rope of the dumbwaiter. So the pets are worried, especially if Blythe decides to come down and squish Meow Meow, which is really dire. So they try yelling for Blythe, but Blythe can't hear. So Neil says that she must be focusing on something like homework or something. So Blythe is still listening to her music and bumps into some paint supplies which get all over her, but you know what? She's wearing, like, some work clothes, so that's all fine and dandy. Minka then volunteers to get Meow Meow, as she is experienced in climbing. Russell is a tad bit worried, but Minka says she has it under control. Minka reaches Meow Meow, and she asks him to grab on. Meow Meow asks why, and Minka explains that it's her nature to climb down, and she wants, you know, to carry you down, because, like, you know, I can get you down safely. And Meow Meow keeps saying why, and Minka explains it to the best of her ability, until... Minka realizes where she is, and her claustrophobia kicks in, and she backs down. So, Sunil says that we need to try another approach, and then he and Vinny puff up their chests and leave, without telling anyone what their plan is. Like, they just leave. Like, so their plan, by the way, is to go to Blythe's apartment from the long way around, and tackle the situation from there. So, like, the pets also just kind of leave without anyone's knowledge. Mrs. Twombly does not run a tight ship. It's just, like, is it it a revolving door pet shop? Except, I mean, it's not a revolving door pet shop. I mean, uh, the pet flaps... It's not revolving, though. But, like... Like, Mrs. Tromley doesn't see when, like, the pets go in and out, essentially. It... Like, she might notice Blythe leaving, unless it's the dumbwaiter. 
But, like, the pets just come and go when they please sometimes. Like, it's always in a situation of, like, it's always incidental. It's never, like, because we feel like it. It's always something's happening. Like, like also, like, say what you want about largest ever pet shop. At least there's safety there. Like, yeah, you're in a box and can't do anything. But Little's Pet Shop is this whole kind of, like, who, who knows who's supposed to be in there? I don't know. It's this whole weird thing. It's this whole thing about, like, safety versus freedom versus, you know, safety and freedom. It's, uh, I don't know. It's this whole, like, it kind of reminds me of this one, like, political cartoon that we we did in a class once where, like, people were building, like, this great fence around like like a impressive enormous fence around uh like a a nice little house we were supposed to fill in what it said because that was the activity and so it's like the whole idea of like safety versus like expression versus like freedom where like if you want something that's three, you have to be, you know, cautious about, like, some of the dangers, but at the same time, like, if you want safety, that just means a limit in some freedoms. It's this whole weird thing. I don't, I don't know why I brought it up. It, it reminded me of that. Ooh. So... So then Roger knocks and comes into Blythe's room. And he's impressed by the new style and wonders what's up. Blythe explains that she found the look in a magazine. Roger looks around, gets sad for a little bit, and says he's off to reorganize his DVD collection. Blythe asks, Dad, what what are you hiding? Or what are you bottling up? And he says that uh, her new room isn't at all like her old room. He says, like, that her old room was totally you. And he says, I'm just going to miss it, it is all. Oh, those DVDs aren't going to alphabetize themselves. Yeah, that's right. He's going to re-alphabetize them. So then, as he leaves, Blythe realizes that she's been corrupted by magazine standards and that her old room was her all along. And she looks in the mirror and she knows what she has to do. Vinny and Sunil are still climbing the stairs, but they can hardly keep up. And by the end, they reach the third floor and they are sweating, even though Vinny shouldn't be able to sweat because he's cold-blooded. And sweat glands are a thing for warm-blooded? Like, like definitely just warm-blooded animals. Maybe just mammals, and maybe just a certain subsection of mammals. I'm not 100% sure, 
on like what animals have sweat glands, but I know cold-blooded animals do not have sweat glands. So there's that. So uh, they reach Blythe's apartment, but then Roger walks out, sees the two of them, and wonders if they got lost. So he picks them up and takes them back to the littlest pet shop, which Roger does not seem to mind the fact that they just left. Like, that doesn't bother Roger. Maybe he's a bit preoccupied at the moment, but, like, he seems overall fine with the fact that these pets just left. So, Sunil and Vinny walk into the play area, still exhausted, but... This means at least Roger must have talked to Mrs. Twomley about this when he was returning them. It's like, hey, these guys got lost, but does Mrs. Twomley care? That's the real question this episode asks. Like, it, I, I mean, I don't know. It's this whole thing. So, and Minka is still freaking out about being a space monkey. So the rest of the pets reassure Meow Meow that they're going to help. And, like, they don't know what to do, however. So Blythe gets done re-redesigning a room. And hears Meow Meow's mewing. But doesn't know where it's coming from. She eventually looks into the dumbwaiter and hears the pets and their problem. So Blythe, uses, like, pulls up the dumbwaiter... To where there's a space between, like, the the opening and the top, and then puts a book under it so that like it has this little opening, and uh, like Blythe tells Meow Meow that she's helping him, and he asks why, and Blythe says because I don't want to see you get hurt. So she pulls up the rope that Meow Meow's on, and Meow Meow starts slipping. But she gets the rope up enough to grab Meow Meow and save him. Blythe welcomes Meow Meow to her room and she says that she has redecorated. Meow Meow asks why and Blythe explains that she thought she needed a change but then realizes that she didn't. And Meow Meow asks why and Blythe says that she'll explain later. So Blythe apologizes to Meow Meow and the dumbwaiter. So they're still going down in the dumbwaiter. For not being there for him today. Meow Meow asks why, and Blythe explains that she thought she was ready for change, but she isn't. Not yet, anyway. Why is asked again, and Blythe kind of defects and says, like, wow, you just ask a lot of questions. So the pets celebrate Meow Meow's return to safety, and then they ask why Blythe can understand them in various ways. And then the coup de grace. Meow Meow says, Gee, you sure ask a lot of questions. And the pets are confused, and I'm just annoyed, because, like, like, it would have been funnier. It would have been funnier if all Meow Meow could say was why. And it would have made more sense. Instead of, like, you know, if Meow Meow has the cognitive function to say this, then why does Meow Meow, like, delay his rescue? Or, you know, 
keep the act up. It's just... Ugh. Like, th this happens multiple times. It's just annoying. Just super annoying. So, to get back to it, Blythe answers their question by saying that she has no idea, but she is glad that she can. So, Mrs. Trombley says that Meow Meow's owner is here, which seems to be the, well, second time today that she cared about someone coming in. Well, I guess nine, because, like, she cares that all of her usual customers are in because they pay, but not her staff or if her customers leave. It's a, it's a weird policy that Mrs. Trombley has going on. Just so long as... They're safe at the end. I guess it's fine. But Mrs. Romley needs to run a tighter ship. So the pets ask Blythe what she was doing, and Blythe shows them to her room. They see that nothing has changed, and it looks like Blythe feels, and that's the way Blythe likes it. Roger hears Blythe with the pets and goes in to check on Blythe and sees the room is back to the normal. And he says, that's my girl, and that... Ends the episode. So is like the message of the episode. World building is terrible. And that meaningful change in your characters. Is not something to strive for. Like. Okay this isn't the worst example. Out of any TV show that like. Ignores those two things. And it, it's not even, like, a show that, like, it it's not a Game of Thrones, if you will, where, like, all of the lore is super important and it's a letdown that, like, a lot of it was hand-waved or ignored. And, like, apparently, I haven't, I haven't seen Game of Thrones, but, like, from, well, from what I've been hearing, it's, it's kind of like that. But, like, I don't know. It's just, it, like, it, it would be a neat addition to the show if, if you had that. And it's not like they didn't have that before. Like I said, there are, like, a few hard rules to play talking to pets already. And, like, there are some meaningful changes in the show. It's just... I don't know, this episode just seems to say, nah, it's fine as is. I don't like... <sighs> like, the whole, like... Like, I mean, I get Blythe is grateful for her ability to talk to animals, and that is a good thing but if you're gonna have this whole episode that says nah it's not important why Blythe can talk to animals then why have the episode it's it's this whole thing that doesn't make sense I've been saying that a lot this episode and like it's whatever it's it's this whole thing that like this episode has, like, a lot of little problems with it. 
There are no major problems. It's just there's a lot of little things, but they build up. That's that's the whole thing. And like even the whole change thing is fine cuz like it it also teaches the you shouldn't blindly follow the advice of a magazine that may or may not probably may not have the best interests for you in their mind. But if you think something is good, just go for it. Like, I mean, you don't have to change a lot. Like, I, I do like the the mask pattern on your sheets, even, like, if it's just the red on pink instead of the red on black of the eventual whole turnaround. Or, like, a black dresser can... Well, I mean, if it's white and it's dark, you could see it better. But it, it helps it stand out in the day. I mean, I like some of the changes. I don't like the full, like, office look. But, like, if some of the changes are worth it, you can just, like, leave it. It's, like, they did it in Sweet Pepper when, like, Pepper admits to liking some of the girly stuff the girl pets did to her to get the attention of Captain Cuddles. This episode is just, like... It's just one of those episodes, I guess. Pepper is right at the beginning. When it's just one of those things. Uh, like, like Meow Meow being able to talk is... Uh, like, I got into a bunch of rants this episode. I haven't really done that in a fair bit. I mean, I say that every time I do a rant, but... I don't know. It's, uh... It's just, just... I don't know. It's fine. It's not the best episode. It's not really an episode I'd recommend to someone. But, like... If, if I recommend the show... And you're, like, going through... The show, I don't think this would be an episode you'd regret, unlike The Very Littlest Pet Shop. And I guess that's the best thing I have to say about that. So that will be it for this episode of The Littlest Pet Cast. Be sure to leave your comments on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store. And wherever else RSS feeds go, when, uh, like, someone asks them why. And be sure to tune in next time for the episode, Why Can't We Be Friends? I will see you then.